So, hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Saddlecast this season with myself, Glenn Price. And I'm joined by quite buoyant Ollie Warner, who's been watching the cricket today. Yep, it's been a good day for cricket, certainly. <laughs> um, so yeah, some dull football games, but um, yeah, cricket <laughs> is some absolutely phenomenal and unbelievable. Yeah, I started following it um, this morning when I was cutting my lawn. So it's always a nice way to listen to TMS, cutting your lawn. Mm, yep. And then, yeah, came back. Um, I kind of, um, yeah, kind of went away a little bit. And then we started lo- losing a load of wickets. And then I came back to watch the end, which was unbelievable unbelievable so yeah Ash is still on it's the second podcast we recorded after a manic uh, cricket game isn't it because yeah. we did we, we delayed doing one for that World Cup thing so yeah I think it's one of those summers where I think sort of England is falling in love with cricket again isn't it after a few dull years so be interesting to see where they go from here um, but um, yeah I wasn't actually watching cricket today because I went to the athletics Ollie so I was watching a different sport I went to the British Championships at the Alexander Stadium which is not somewhere I've been before but interesting little stadium that um, yeah and they're revamping it Ollie I don't know if you know for the Commonwealth Games next year into 30,000 seats I think it's only about maybe 15,000 or something now, so that'll be a pretty pretty nice stadium. And um, yeah, it was good. It was a bit hot for me, Ollie, sitting on the back straight, right in the sun for four hours, but um, I've just about got enough energy to talk about what else we saw this weekend, which was another Shrewsbury Town game, and also, obviously, Accrington on Tuesday night, which I went to. So yeah, quite a lot to cover this week, really, and um, just thinking about the week in general, Ollie, it's it's one of those result weeks where we've got four points, but it still seems there's a lot of discussion around what's going on with the team and tactics and stuff, isn't there? It's like, I don't think the four points has, has stopped everybody maybe losing their mind a bit i don't know is that fair ollie um i think <laughs> i think i can understand like part of the reaction um mm. in terms of because it was a frustrating game but yeah. i think i think it is an overreaction to where mm. we are and where we were last season but yeah let's come to that when we get to the yeah. um, to the end of the burton game but i think it's an interesting question it's something that was asked um, and also there was a really interesting tweet out by lauren which created a bit of debate so yeah we'll get to that and yeah so obviously yeah one a big high and a frustration I'd call it in terms of Saturdays yeah. I think we'll look at it in a bit more maybe a bit more of an analytical look at it as we go through the games Ollie you're right so yeah we'll move on to what was the first game this week which was uh, a pretty crazy night in Accrington this is Akpa Akpa with the instep good ball in header goal 4-0 4-0 to Shrewsbury Town and it's Mangan again isn't it so yes first game this week as I said Accrington Stanley 2 Shrewsbury Town 3, uh, and we were 2-0 down and came back to win 3-0, much like Stoke last year under Rick, uh, Ricketts. He seems to have a knack for this thing. But, um, yeah, I, I picked a picked a nice night to go to Accrington, really. I was worried about going there, Ollie, with all the rain and, and stuff that was forecast, but it turned out to be a very good choice to go for the, I think it was 455 town fans that went, which is, which is cracking uh, for a Tuesday night, I thought, really early on in the season. So, yeah, that was good. I, I just let you know, I drove up and... Um, Ended up bumping into um, Roger Groves, the sports liaison officer in the Crown Pub. I'm sure everyone's been there, he's been to Accrington and sort of had a good chat with him and, and had a few discussions really about a few ideas we had about the away sports, which I might mention at the end of the podcast, Ollie. But um, yeah, good to catch up with him and stood with him and, and, and his son Andy, which was lovely. So I had a bit of company and um, yeah, I was a bit wary, Ollie, because we haven't, well, we've got a decent record against Stanley, haven't we? I think going into the match, we, we'd only sort of lost one in eight against them, hadn't we? Um, so we had a pretty good record against them. So I was going to Stanley quite ac- sort of confident about the results of what we've had with them. But I don't know, they all seem to be reasonably good against us, I suppose. And um, obviously we remember what happened at Boxing Day last year. So yeah, it was one of those games where I wasn't sure it was going to go because of everything that happened. But um, the team that was selected, Ollie, I think was what possibly most people were expecting, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, especially going to this game, definitely. So we had a Leary goal. Beckles, Ebanks, and Pierre in defence. Um, Love and Giles wing backs, and then yep. um, sitting um, as the pivot was Goss with Edwards and McCormick. And then there's obviously a lot of discussion at the moment, um, but the strikers um, were the same. Worley and Morrison started, um, so I think that was pretty much the team that we kind of expected on the Tuesday night, given the injuries and what Ricketts, um, what the club have been sharing with us and going into the yeah. match. Yeah, he'd been clear that Thompson wasn't ready to come back and he'd, he'd um denied about whether Rodeau or Fairby fit enough to start, didn't he? And we know the players were already injured and weren't going to make it. So, um, yeah, it was a... It was... Yeah, it was it was an interesting in, interesting in terms of the lineup being reasonably consistent again. So, you know, again, I was I was quite confident on it going into this one. I, you know, I, maybe I'm being overly pe- or pos- positive at the moment, but um, yeah, I, I thought we were going to go in and, and have a good game. But um, I don't know. How I, did I, it I, start? Pos- How did the game start for you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we started particularly well, to be honest with you. I mean, it was it was a very in general the game was it was obviously a bit of a tailor two bits of it and. Um, you know, we still had some of the same problems we talked about last week, Ollie, in terms of our tactical setup, how Wally and, and Morrison worked. Some people were saying Morrison was a little bit better in that first ten minutes, and I think maybe he was, but he still wasn't great, I didn't think. And so I think we had a bit a bit more ball um than when we have done in certain games recently and 
maybe try to impose our game a little bit more, but I still think it was one of those games, like most games we've seen in League One this season, that was very close, very tight, and you know, despite what happened later on, it was one of those games where you're thinking one goal is probably going to, even 10 minutes in, thinking one goal will be good here, we'll, we'll get ahead, and it's the sort of thing you can hold on to then, but yeah, no one could kind of tell how it was going. But yeah, I, I don't know, I thought we started okay, Oli, that was about as much as yeah, I Yeah, I thought we way. started okay. I thought we started okay. I think it's definitely a trend um, of this season from a shoes, watching shoes we play, and seeing other teams is that everyone has their kind of spell in the game. I mean, we haven't been dominated by anyone. You know, we could argue we haven't played the top top teams in this in, this, in the division um, apart from Portsmouth. But in terms of the table, um, you know, those at the top we started where we haven't played any of them yet. Um, but yeah, we start, we created quite a few chances at the start. There was that Giles cross and that um, Edwards volley, which was so so close. Um, and then it's interesting, isn't it? You know, you got Morrison, and it's you know, I find it really quite funny in a sense that Wally's the guy that's doing all the link-up play so a really nice bit of link-up play from from Wally to McCormick who played the ball to Giles probably one of the best things McCormick did in the game whose yeah. cross was intercepted just ahead of Wally and, and that was a really really good opportunity and uh, yeah I've been you know we're skeptical about Wally's goal scoring but in terms of his link-up play and dropping deep and collecting the ball um, and then getting in the box you know he, he started the game quite well in that perspective he did, yeah. I can't, couldn't really complain with his contribution too much compared to Morrison, who I didn't think really contributed all that much at all. And say, it's going to be hard for me not to be too critical because my overall view of this week is that Ricketts should learn the lesson that when we put on our pacey attacking players up front, rather than a guy that's not really doing much running and Wally, a player out of position, we played our best football of the season. You know what happened at the end of that game wasn't a fluke. It was that we we played with a slightly more attacking mindset when Thompson came on, and we'll come to that. So you know I'm going to try and hold back on being too harsh on Morrison because I I do think he's contributing very little. He's contributed less to this season's to be honest with you than the shop did to the first five games of last season and you know very people are very critical of the shop and what he brings to the team but um you know we'll probably revisit Morrison in, in the next game Ollie. but yeah I mean one of the things I would sort of bring back to that point as well is that Wally is coming deep and I think that's good and he is influencing games but you know over the course of these two games one of the things I have noticed a little bit is that when Giles has been getting forward he's very very rarely got any channel balls to play and and maybe again that's part of the tactic we're watching but normally when someone's bombing forward down a wing you might be looking for that sort of extra ball down the line maybe you know a striker pulls out there Morrison's not moving out of the central areas all that much at all and when Wally does sometimes he's he's getting caught too deep to do it so it's going to be interesting to see how again they get to grips with that going forward I think there's there's definitely things they could work on there's been times where I've seen um, one of the players do it when it was one of the midfielders getting on and giving a channel ball and that's worked quite well especially at Rochdale at, at Burton so I didn't think we did that too much in the start against Accrington, but um, yeah, we'll give, we'll give Wally some credit, really. His energy has definitely been something that's keeping the front line going at the moment. Yeah, I think we'll agree, agree to that. Um, and just kind of the first half then kind of fell away from Shrewsbury, I'd say. You know, kind of, I'd say Stanley yep, ended the definitely. game, then ended the half on top. And there was a few nice bits of play. So Edwards intercepts to Morrison, to McCormick, ball over the top to Wally as a cross and Edwards um, headers over. And that, I thought, was a really tidy piece of play. And, Start yeah. of what I think, obviously, um, Ricketts wants to see from his team, but we're not seeing it consistently enough yet. Um, and then the best chance of the half potentially came from a, a Goss error, one of the few errors that he did, um, super block um, from Beckles, and then the follow-up force to save from O'Leary, which would have been just in front of you guys. And that was yes. yeah, probably the, the probably the, the save of the game. Yeah, it felt like as the half went on, they definitely had the better of it. You looked at, the, again, the possession stats at half-time that we talked about last week. We, we didn't have as much of the ball as Accrington, which, again, meant we weren't really imposing our game that much. And I think the best saves of the game were definitely that, that sprawling save O'Leary made. Um, even though we had a couple of chances that sort of whistled wide of the, of the post, I think, um, you know, we were struggling to get shots on target again, Ollie, which worries me. And um, Edwards is doing better. He's actually starting to get up there late on in these runs into the box. That header there, he did one against Burton as well. But man, his finishing needs some work at the moment. I believe he might have left his shooting boots in Wolverhampton, which is a slight concern. So if he could just pop back and get them, we'd be in business with Dave because um, I've definitely seen improvement this week in Dave Edwards, I'll say that. So he, he was pretty impressive. But I think of all the midfielders, um, Goss deserves the most credit for the Accrington game particularly because, yeah, again, sitting at that pivot point, um, he was breaking things up and he is pretty you know aggressive into the tackle. But he definitely has got a good range of passing and, and a calm influence on the ball and and. You know, over over the course of that game, I, I really liked him and um, his set pieces as well. Are, he's got good delivery, you know, and we'll, we'll talk about obviously one of the goals later on. But um, he's definitely, like we said last week, been a, a massive improvement to that that base of the midfield, really. Yeah, definitely, and some we probably missed on Saturday. Um, definitely. Yeah. Going to the second half, um, there was a, a good clearance that feigned Wall, find Wally running into space again. His running is is quite is quite a threat. Um, a flat cross to 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 Goss. 
Um, and, you know, considering he's our pivot, he got in the box here um, and he drew, drew a really, really good save from the keeper. Um, I think it was actually a really, really good save from the goalkeeper. And, yeah, that, that was a, an interesting yep. um, opportunity. Um, it was. It was one of those ones where you're like, oh, Goss had that shot. What's, what's he doing in the box? He's not been there previously. And so he has obviously got a little bit of attacking intent in him. He, he didn't do it too many times in the game, to be fair. And I think when Thompson came on later on, he was he was you know probably much more withdrawn then as we went a little bit more expansive. But um, it's good to see that he, he can get up there. And as I say, he, he probably will get us a couple of goals. But I'm not... You don't... Goss doesn't strike me as that guy that we brought in to score the 10 goals, Ollie. Yeah, I think we need to hold all the kind of position stuff quite lightly in terms of, you know, he's playing in a pivot and he's playing here. I think during courses of games and phases of play and individual bits of play, you, I think you're going to see players, in, particularly in the midfield, doing different things. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if Goss does get in the midfield somewhere, but obviously then the other two midfielders need to be wary of that. Um, I hope, you know, as the of this midfield, which has I think it's worth saying, you know, we've had a lot of changes to the midfield and we're really not settled there. I think it will change as the season goes on. Um, but talking to midfielders, um, yeah, really like Clark. And um, but he didn't do much to kind of endear himself to Shrewsbury fans in this this kind of bit of play. He does a one-two, and then he goes down near Love. And obviously, you were that you were there. Uh, I was watching this on iFollow, yeah. and you were there, Glenn. What did you think in real time? It was quite far away, but you know, just worth yeah. what, what did you and how did the Shrewsbury Town fans react? Well, Shrewsbury Town fans reacted like never a penalty, what a diver. But in reality, we were completely down the other end of the pitch and there's not one single Shrewsbury Town fan could tell whether that was a penalty mm. or not. So we were looking at what some of the guys... Because obviously it was an iFollow game, wasn't it, being a Tuesday night? And yeah. We looked, had a quick look on Twitter to see what people were saying. And some people were saying there was some contact and you've seen them given, probably with VAR in the Premiership, you know, you might have been given. But we're, we're still talking League One football here. Um, I actually haven't seen that, that penalty chance mm-hmm. back, really, Ollie. So you probably had a better second view of it. Yeah, I've watched it quite a few times. I recorded it and then a few other people recorded it and put it on Twitter. For me, it's never a penalty um, okay. but it went on to go but I think it went on to influence the referee quite a lot yeah probably oh obviously when we get to the next bit but um yeah it definitely did in fact on the terrace before we get to that net penalty went which is a bit later on but um <laughs> it was funny I was talking to to Roger and his son Andy and I was saying you know every, there'd been a moment before between when they had that penalty shout and when they eventually got the penalty they had another one where they sort of went down in the box and I shouted sort of loudly to everyone, sort of loud, not loudly, but talking quite loudly. You know what I'm like, Ollie, <laughs> um, around me and uh, said, every time they get something in the box now, they're going to go down. They'll be looking for a penalty because they think they've been robbed. And it was literally about 30 seconds before they got the, the penalty for their first goal. And uh, this guy was in front of me. He said, you called it, you called it. And I was like, I don't call very many things right. <laughs> but um, yeah, you could see that's what they were after because... It's only 2,000 fans there, but, you know, it was down the end where the Akron's fans were and they can, you know, obviously influence the referee a little bit, even with, you know, a small fan base, I suppose. And um, it, it feels like that's what happened. And again, it, it seems like that penalty that they got was pretty soft. But again, there was enough in there for a referee to give it, maybe? No. We'll come to the penalty in a second. Um, yeah. So Shrewsbury Town made a substitution and 59 minutes, Thompson came on. Um, yeah, from McCormick, who's yeah not hasn't really started um, superbly well, but you know I'm not you know it's not right the lad off yet. Um, Thompson does a lung busting run, runs all the way to the opposition box, <laughs> falls over, out of off balanced, misses the ball, but then the ball comes to Wally and he follow, fires wide, and again another good chance for Shrewsbury. Um, and you know there's obviously a lot of criticism for Shrewsbury so far this season, but we are creating chances, but we are missing them as well, and that was another example. The frustration of watching them continually miss the target time after time again is just is getting on my nerves a little bit. And you can say, you know, you you always talk, we, we talk and you, you often bring up XG, don't you? And say, well, we create a lot of chances, da 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 da. But deep down, at the end of the day, it's all well and good creating chances, but you have got to start scoring them. And yeah, we did as this game went on. But you know, you could then point back to the the, the Burton game the next next week, next sort of few game on. And we've we've struggled again to to sort of find shots on target that are going to score us goals. So. It's definitely something that's not working. Is it the players? Is it how we're set up? Is it the the positions we're taking when we put balls into the box? I, there's a very varying factor, I think, about all the reasons why we're not actually scoring goals. Um, but even when you take away all those factors, there's some of the chances that some of our lads should have buried over the course of this week. Thompson, that run was brilliant. He did really well, but he sort of air-shotted his, his shot, which was a bit unfortunate. And then Wally should have scored as well. And, and over the course of this week, I've definitely said or, or thought to myself, you should have scored that, should have done better. And you know, We could easily have scored two or three extra goals this week and, and you know have six points but yeah the finishing's not there at the moment is it Ollie and that's something they've got to work on and, and solve really yeah yeah it's something that's definitely a work a work in progress um, yeah sure going yeah. forward um, but then at the other end um, yeah very frustrating so the ball into the box on the right hand side of a, from a Stanley perspective 
um, the striker next to Beckles, and he goes down, um, and it's really poor refereeing. Like one, he was quite far away, um, and obviously he would have seen the ball move, and he probably would have been following play. I don't know, how, you know, how well you couldn't really tell from the video how well he was looking at where the striker was, but even just the reaction, the kind of body movement of the striker, the way Beckles mm. turns down the guy, it was really, really bad dive. Um, but it was a good penalty um, from Bishop who fired it away. But yeah, for me, that was never a pen. Um, really, really poor refereeing. And yeah, as you said, Glenn, I think the the players and the fans and the referee um, was a quite weak, weak there. I'll describe it as quite pathetic refereeing, really. And I'm sure he'll have that one reviewed by the by the um, by his by his bosses. Very poor. Yeah, I, I say again down the other end on the night you couldn't tell. Same as the first one. Um, but you know, you'd felt that having had one turned down, as I say, you you look you thinking that they were going to pressure the referee, and it maybe he fell for it, which is unfortunate. I mean, Max couldn't do anything about that goal. To be fair to him, it was a really good penalty, um, and and yeah, we were one 0 down, and suddenly then the vibe of the night had changed. You know, all the way through it so far, they'd been like, we're hanging on in here. You know, it's not been a particularly great game. You know, up until we made the Thompson substitution on what it was, fifty nine minutes. The game was not great for us overall. You know, we've had those chances we've talked about, but my overall vibe of the game was that it had been even. We'd we'd had less the ball, but it had been reasonably even. Or maybe, well, maybe I could have shaded it up to fifty nine minutes even, I suppose. But we were hanging on in there. But when that one goal went in there, you know, your 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 mindset changed a little bit. Then it's like we're chasing the game again. It's not ideal. The defense, you know, defensive unfortunately conceded, but it's a penalty. So really, can it be that hard? I guess and. Um, yeah, the, the mindset changed a little bit. And I just noticed a little bit of a sort of slightly angsty kind of feeling come across the terrace, Ollie. Um, and at the same time, we'd seen these very dark clouds rolling across um, and we all thought we we're going to get rained on as well at some point, which we'll get to in a minute. But um, yeah, the, the mood changed significantly, Ollie. So, yeah, you said it was getting bad, Glenn. He went from bad to worse. So Stanley played ball around and create an overload on the, on the right-hand side. I mean, Beckles has got some criticism for this, but... You know, it's 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 hard to I think to criticise Beckles when he's covering for a massive gap in midfield. Yeah, um, and he's covering for a lack of midfielders. Um, but then a strike from Childs and yeah, you know, sometimes you are going to concede those kind of goals. Yes, we could improve from a defensive point of view, but when he was in that position, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't always expect a League One player to score from there. But as a fabulous strike, and yeah, you must have felt pretty and pretty shit when that went in. Pretty much, yeah. It just felt like game over. You know, you, you, you know, it'd be hard for any town fans to stay too too positive. We were pretty late on into the game, gone two 0 down. Had looked not great for most of it. You know, sort of pretty static at times. Um, there'd been some positives as we've talked about, but in general, once that goal went in, you know, the, the life does come out you a little bit. Unfortunately, it's just the nature of being a football fan, isn't it? You do retain hope. You know, you, you think you're always going to get back in it. But to be fair, a good strike. And, and again, O'Leary can't really be blamed for any of that. It was a, it was a pretty pretty good strike from sort of the edge of the box, wasn't it? And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I said, I noticed the atmosphere changed after the first goal. It definitely changed after the second goal because between their second goal and our first goal, there was just you know it wasn't too long in terms of the game, no, it's but there five was just minutes. a little yeah, there was a little five minute period where you just felt town fans starting to change. There'd been a lot of shouting and stuff when we let the first one in, but there was a little bit of you don't know what you're doing to Ricketts chanting. It was very short and and but it was there and it was with like the guys that are the ones that get all the chanting going. Um, and there was a lot of people shouting, change it, change it, you know getting at Ricketts and you know it was one of those ones when you felt third goal here for Accrington I don't know where this goes do you know what I mean there was only 400 town fans there but you know they're the 400 hardcore if you will and way on a Tuesday night in Accrington it was it wasn't on the verge of turning and and Ricketts out sort of thing I don't think we were there but there was certainly a lot of frustrations and again there was frustrations at the end of the game on against Burton which we'll come to but you know still there and that's what I mean about four points this week this it's, there's been a lot of places where people could pick holes at what's been going on, which is weird. But I should say on the top of that is this happened at exactly the same time that the rain started. So we were all out on the open terrace, most of us, and it did start chucking it down, like properly raining. I got my coat out of the bag, which I brought, got that on. And it was just in this five-minute period. And I think the rain it must have changed the game, Ollie, because from the point it started raining, the game went a bit mental, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was... Um... It was quite, a, say, a lucky goal. Um, so, yes. yeah, so basically Giles passes to Edwards, who tries to play 1-2. But Edwards plays it straight to um, a Stanley man, but who couldn't really control it very well. And to fair to Edwards, he got it was very quick and tackled him. He then played to Giles, so second time lucky. And then Giles crossed the ball into the box, um, hit, and, the, and the goalkeeper palmed it onto the defender into the back of the net. And um, so, yeah, at this point, I, was, I turned to Becky and I was like, yeah, we scored. And then Becky kind of laughed and said, yeah, but you didn't score. They did. And I just apparently, I can't remember this, but kind of just gave her a glare. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you guys obviously went mental at this point. Well, I 
don't know if you weren't totally mental. Obviously, mental is a, is subjective when you talk about scoring a second and third later on. But yeah, people were pretty chuffed we scored, and but there was a lot of people around us talking about, oh god, we haven't scored. It was we got an, we were getting on for four hundred minutes without a goal, and it was the irony that when we finally scored one, it, it was a bloody own goal, and you know that meant that 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 defender was technically our joint top goal scorer for a few for for, for a bit. But well, it still is, isn't he? Because no one scored two yet. But you know, it was, it was a sort of Schadenfreude about the fact that that was the goal the way it came and um we needed it really it, and, and you know that was important for us it just kind of changed the vibe of the game and then you give Ricketts even more credit then for the substitutions he made i think he just went shit or bust honestly at that stage well because... he just changed two strikers he's done yeah, quite exactly. a lot but it's but it's changing two strikers and and the the the, the mobility that Ado and Okambiri gave you compared to Wally and Morrison is vast and it for me is a much much better team in terms of making defenses weaker defences the worst teams in this league that is this front two I'd be playing it looks much more deadly and and I say they played together for what was 11 minutes and, and they looked really good for that 11 minutes and obviously both got a goal and we'll come to that in a minute but yeah I think that that, that sub really kind of was the was the impetus to completely changing the game um, the first goal obviously changed the, the sort of the way the game was flowing but the substitutions really got us in a much more positive mindset and I, I would add to that that I know he'd been on for a bit longer but Thompson had already started to have a big influence in the game and him and, and those three as they were going forward much more attack mining players for me and it makes a big difference and um yeah, and and that was it really. I suppose in terms of in terms of the, the what we changed, and then the the second goal was when we started to go mental. Ollie, I suppose you want to go over that one. <laughs> yeah, so it was a couple of minutes after we scored the goal, the first yeah. goal, um, we brought yeah Udo and and Epinaviri on, um, but before that happened, we had to um, yeah have we had to call up on someone to save ourselves. Oh yes. So I... Beckles is out of position again, um, but again, um, I think that was partly because of the shape of the team in midfield. Um, and basically it's a one-on-one um, with Bishop and O'Leary and Leary comes out and basically does kind of like a, a stretch save with his hand um, and Unreal. unbelievable save absolutely fantastic um, I, yeah I haven't really seen people mention it I think it's I don't think it's just kind of got missed in the kind of obviously the euphoria of the win but for me it was an absolutely superb moment and um, yeah for me you know change almost the context of the game because we conceded then there's no way we would have come back probably even to get a draw oh. Unreal. I, you're right to completely mention it. I mean, I wrote a little bit of extra text in here because I think it was it was as good as goal. You know what I mean? It was a save that was as good as the goals that we scored after on. And, and for all the credit we give the, the two strikers for scoring, O'Leary deserves much, as much credit for that result as anyone. And I put, I personally can't speak highly enough of that save. I thought it was absolutely fantastic and really shows the ability O'Leary's got. He's such a good goalkeeper and, and we're going to be fine with him this year. But yeah, you'll see in my top three, I thought O'Leary, I'll talk about his overall game, fantastic his kicking was really good his control of the ball when he came out for crosses was good he's really vocal I, I can't speak highly enough of him as a goalkeeper I think he's great and I think you'll guess about where he comes in my top three later on Ollie. but yeah you're really good to flag that up because again it gave us another platform to sort of build on they would have seen him make that save and they would have thinking we're still in this we've got the chance to go for it and um yeah Faye popped up with the equaliser yeah a, a, yeah a really really good a really really good goal wasn't it um from a from a corner so the gospel gospel won the ball in midfield, plays it to Giles who run the whole length of the pitch, um, and yeah, he won a corner. Then Goss took the corner, and then the back heel was absolutely sublime from Faye, absolutely amazing. Um, and you you captured that really well with, with your video because yeah, I don't think people have actually have seen the the, the heel as well unless you'd taken that video. No. Again. I got the best angle of that, definitely, over anyone. <laughs> and, and to be fair, I, I was mocking someone a few weeks ago on Twitter for trying to record the whole game on his iPad. I only really ever record corners when they're around the end we're standing or in. Or so set only, pieces. Yeah, anything that we've got a slight chance of scoring from. I don't record open play or anything like that. And so, yeah, the game, the goals I've sort of captured over the years on, on my Blue and Amber Twitter account, thinking back to Bristol Rovers, that was a corner where we, we got that um, one which uh, Rodman and uh, Nisala combined to score on the line, which was massive for us under Hurst. But, yeah, so it was good good to catch it. But it was a brilliant back heel. And, you know, the back heel finish is amazing, but you've got to give Gross credit. I mean, it's a really hard to defend corner, sort of whipped, but sort of travelling down towards the, the pitch as it's coming in yeah. with a bit of pace. And, and, and Faye meets it perfectly and, and just shows that finishing ability we were talking about. And for me, I'd be starting him every week. He's got he's got the best finishing ability at the football club. He's our top goal from last season. You know, we'll, we'll mention this again in a bit, but for me, he's got to start, Ollie. And um, yeah, then it went then it went mental, Ollie. You said it went mental. It went proper mental at 2-2. And everyone starts to look up to the scoreboard and think, all right, there's a chance here. You know, we suddenly look a lot better. We were generally, in general play, we were playing better as well. And in all fairness, Accrington started to throw it away. I don't know what they were playing at, but their defence really went to pieces with the pace against them. They really did. Yeah, so they, they were pushing forward, quite a lot of men forward. 
And then, um, yeah, old Beckles, you can kind of, he's been described as like a lump or a hump um, by like, yeah, other media organisations. Um, I'd call it a precision, uh, precision through ball. And precision yeah, so Beckles kicks it, kicks it long. And um, yeah, what happens next, Glenn? It bounces. The defender just gets it all wrong, doesn't he? Kind of doesn't judge it well at all. And um, Ado, yeah, I mean, he's got uh, some strength about him as well as what's obviously a bit of athletic ability. And um, yeah, just sort of runs alongside him, uses his strength to get goal side, casually approaches the goalkeeper and just rolls it through his legs to win his He has a game. millisecond. He has a <laughs> millisecond. The ball bounces and he just kicks it into the back of the net. The yep. finish is absolutely sublime. Absolutely Amazing. fantastic. So two really nice finishes from, from Faye and Adoy there. Fantastic. Yes, definitely. And as I say, and, and then the whole place went off. I mean, there was a there was a metal sort of fence in front of our way end because I think they've been doing some work, Ollie, and all the lads ran down the front and the whole thing was wrecked. Yeah. Again. It was all pushed forward because people were trying to get at the players. But um, it was brilliant. Everyone was just going crazy around us, looking at the, take a picture of the scoreboard saying 3-2 and 89 minutes. And it was so late on. You, you kind of knew we'd won the game at that point, Ollie. It felt like the legs, you know, the, the sort of, Getting that third would probably knock any any hope um, Accrington out of it because it was such a turnaround and um, oh, it was amazing, absolutely amazing. It was it was really good, you know. It was like very you know very similar to Stoke, wasn't it, in terms of a substitution that kind of a couple of substitutions that changed the game, you know, a late rally from two 0 down to three two, and obviously it wasn't as big of a game because Stoke away, you know, uh, what was a, a Premiership team a few years ago was massive, but I've not been and seen very many turnarounds like that only in my time sporting shoes. I've been to what five hundred games probably maybe. You know, I can't think of more than two or three more that I've seen like that that have been amazing turnarounds. Some obviously bigger. We talked about the, the three fours against Charlton and um, and a three three against Ipswich a long time ago at the start of the Meadow era, and probably some at the old game Meadow. But historically, fantastic result. And and you know, you always go home in the car thinking you don't see that very often. It's something to treasure, really. And so it made it a grand trip away, frankly. Yeah, really good, really good performance. A fantastic comeback. And um, some of the highlights for me, as I think, is um, Edwards. Um, getting yep. in the box a lot, which I think, and also his legs, you know, playing on a Tuesday, and the fact that he played against on, again on Saturday against Burn, you know, you know, who, you know, for me that's been a real blessing that Edwards has been able to play. Um, he's yep. covered a lot of ground. Goss was just fantastic. I thought he was really, really good. Um, yeah, I, I put a tweet out at the end of the first half and got a little bit of criticism potentially um, about Morrison and Wally, but for me as a strike partnership, they don't really do enough for me. Wally is contributing and Morris contributes occasionally, but as a pairing, I want to see a bit more from them, and they've played quite a few games together now. I'll be I'll be as blunt as you like. They're sh- playing Morris and Wally shit. It doesn't work for for a variety of reasons. Morrison's not mobile enough. Wally doesn't work the channels like I talked about. He doesn't link up that well with Morrison. They don't seem on each other's wavelength. They're two completely different types of players. They're not a partnership, and we should give up on it now. And Wally's going to be dumped out of the team at some some point, I think, when we get a new striker in and Faye gets going because he's not a striker. And I can see Morrison being a bit part player, which is maybe what I expected him to end up being. Um, but I, I can't see either of them being our first choice strikers going forward. And as I said, in this game and on Saturday against Burton, our best football came when we dispensed with that plan, which is, which will come to Burton because I'm staggered we started with them, frankly. I, I haven't seen the way we finished that game. But I, you know, I've used the S word there, and I, I don't think that's the solution going forward. It, it it just can't be Ollie. It just doesn't work. Yeah, I'd like to see um, Wally and uh, Beery start up front. Mm, um, for me, okay. that would be the pairing right now. With Adoy not being fully fit um, and a no other striker, I'd like to see them two start. Wally's link up play, I think, it's been quite good. And yeah, I think it's fair to give Okinabiri that chance now. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. Obviously, we, we'll get to Burton in a minute, where where it was a, a, more of the same, unfortunately. But um, my my only other sub, sort, of, I think you've covered the positives there, Ollie, really well. Um, for me, though, as I said, I thought we were we weren't great up until the substitutions and and it being changed. And um, yeah, and and credit to to Ricketts for making those substitutions. But I think that um, I can understand why people were coming away from that game delighted we won, but still with questions about long term what, what that tactic is all about but I think it's not worth us going over that until we get to the Burton game because I think it reinforces some of the points I might want to make so yeah I don't know in, in terms of Rackentrin my, my observations of them on the night were that they were pretty decent I didn't think they were the worst team you know I think they'll probably be okay they're a good passing side I think their front three Clark, McConville and I forget the name of the other one were very good quick feet players you know they, they look like the sort of team that, yeah Bishop there you go the sort of team that would probably push a few of the bigger teams because those three will do a little bit of magic every now and again and it'll probably win them games so I would put, wouldn't put Accrington in my, my danger for going down I thought they were a pretty solid team I know they let three goals in but I think that they'll look on that as a little bit of an aberration um, but you know I'll probably put them bottom half but I think they'll be okay this season so I, I don't know if you I don't know if you thought the same or not Ollie yeah I think they're a really good team um, I, you know they pass the ball really well 
Um, you know, but they haven't had a very good start to the season. So they lost two 0 no, um, against Fleetwood, but Fleetwood have started the season pretty well, and they're up in yep. sixth. So yeah, I think I think it's funny, isn't it? You were saying you know we'll, Stanley will be fine, and then Shrewsbury fans are in, in, uh, having getting a little bit peed off with our performances. So yeah, I think it's just yeah. Well, we'll come to this when we get to the end of the, of the Burton game, but I think it's just quite fun, interesting that we're saying that they'll be fine, but um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a bit odd. Be fine. yeah, it is. So, let's, so yeah. in terms of top three, um, I went for Goss number one. I thought he was just fantastic, absolutely excellent. Um, O'Leary, I went for second because yeah, those two saves were key. And in terms of contribution across the game, I went for Giles. I thought he was he was quite he was quite good. Yeah, I got the top two, but the other way around. I had O'Leary. I think just for a, a consistent game. I know he let two goals at goals in, but it's so harsh on him. I think his consistent game and and some of the saves he made were, were fantastic. So I gave him man of the match, and I gave Goss second. We've talked about him during the game, but I actually gave Love third. You know, he's just. I said it last week. He is a consistently good League One player, and he didn't really put a foot wrong in the whole game. So um, you could have had a toss up between Giles and Love, um, and I, I went for Love really. So. That was good. I mean, yeah, we'll go over Ricketts very quickly, Ollie, because we've done a lot on this game, but he was pretty much delighted, wasn't he? And um, yeah, that's about it, really. <laughs> yes, he was really pleased, really pleased with three points. The performance moved the ball better and were a real work in progress. He said he was asked if it was a penny, wasn't sure, he hadn't seen it back. Um, you know, the Giles cross in the first goal, that's the kind of goal we're working on, and that's what we want to see, and we've seen a lot of those crosses. I mean, yeah, in terms of the supporters, uh, he was very complimentary about the supporters. So was Adoy, and so was Pierre and his pre-Burton as well. So, yeah, the fans were obviously really good. I mean, in terms of um, the League One team of the week um, from Instat, was, Index is always quite interesting. So I think it's the first time I've ever seen us with three players in it. So, yeah, so, um, so Giles, Goss and Beckles got in there. Beckles, I imagine, got in there for the assist for the third goal. Um, but yeah, it's great to see three players in the team of the week. And it just shows you, yeah, we're in a much different place than where we were um, this time last season. Yeah, Beckles is in there for the assist, but actually he did play well across the whole game. Made a number of interceptions and, and tackles and stuff. And, and you've got to give him some credit for that as well. So I think all three of them are pretty well deserved in being in there, to be honest with you. Yeah, so that was, that was Tuesday night. Um, that was exciting. That was the exciting game of the week, Ollie. <laughs> and now, yeah, we now we need to turn our attention to the Burton game. Ball bounced through to Curry. Good play from Curry. Brown shoots and scores. That is a cracking goal. So Shrewsbury nil, Burton nil. Um, attendance um, five thousand five hundred. Um, it was um, Edwards's one hundred fiftieth appearance um, for the club, so that was quite nice. Um, and in, this was going to be a tough test. Um, Burton had won all their away league and cup games so far this season. Um, so, you know, Burton are always going to be a good side um, with Cluffy in charge. Um, and yeah, I think I think they're a good team. Um, and I think, yeah, I think the, I think it's fair to say the weather um, took a, a hit onto this game because it was pretty boiling on Saturday afternoon. It's pretty boiling now as I sit yeah. in my, uh, my front room at Sunday night at eight o'clock at night. It's bloody horrendous, isn't it? But yeah, it definitely had an effect on the game. And um, it's funny, I'll come to talk about the away supporters in the Salop News because um, I mentioned last week we'd relaunch the team, but we had a very, very rare nil-nil draw in the morning as well. So um, I, I can not I can count on, you know, I think we've maybe had five or six nil-nil draws in the 300 games with away supporters. But again, it was because it was so hot. So I think there's some excuses there for, for the for the shot shyness again of us. But, um, you know, I think this is a game where it gives... The, the glass half full and the glass em- half empty brigade equal sort of ammunition. It's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? But um, kind of falls halfway between the, the two pessimistic and, and positive viewpoints, I suppose. But yeah, I think the, the one thing I noticed, I went up the fan zone, um, was uh, <laughs> we were talking about the team with everyone. And I think the standout thing, Ollie, was everyone sort of had a sheer look of panic that Walker was starting. It was like, where's Goss? What's going on? Where's Vince a lot? You know, <laughs> we know he's injured. Um, and people had expected us not to really see him any- anymore. And so Ricketts has obviously still got faith in him, but... Do you think he played because he's got faith in him more because it was needs must? I would say it's needs must. Um, mm, and I okay. think that's been a big Achilles heel um, for the start of the season. It's our midfield. Um, I was going to count up, but I, mean, I think we've only played the same midfield twice in a row, which I think was Dale then going into um, Brackington Stanley. Other than that, we've had a different midfield every time, I think. Yeah. But we, yeah, it feels like the midfield is changing a lot and we certainly well, isn't settled. Can I interject then with a, with a really interesting point someone made to me this week about Ricketts and what was uh, one of our main complaints last season was rotation, 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 wasn't it? And even when he gets a settled midfield or say he gets all his midfielders there, you know, I think as huge town fans, we might want to have a little concern at the back of our mind that he might be big into rotating all those midfielders around on a game by game basis. And obviously if it works, no one's going to pick, pick any points with it. But last season it became a bit of a stick to beat Ricketts with, didn't it? Because we obviously weren't doing well and he kept rotating. But he was rotating a, a player that was most definitely better 
um, so yeah, in Doherty. True. I think I think it was more the Doherty thing rather than the, the rotation as such. But I, but you're right, people were talking about it. But I think it was because there were rotating players that were forming. Um, but yeah, it's. I'll, I'll be in- I'd be interested to see how many times we play for the same three, three midfielders in consecutive games this season because I would bet not very many. But we'll see as it goes on. Someone to keep an eye on, Ollie. Yeah, no, that's definitely. That's definitely. Um, it's funny, yeah, it's funny you say that. I've just had a message about an interesting interview I'm going to do for the podcast. So, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, breaking news. Um, so, this is how we sort all podcasts yeah. stuff out, Ollie. <laughs> just an occasional tweet in it. But there we go. All right, run through the team anyway. Yeah, so, we'll same, I'm not going to go through the whole team again because it would get boring. So, same goalkeeper, same back three, same wing backs. Walker came in for Goss, and then Laurent came back from injury. Edwards played again. So you know, who would have thought Edwards would be our storm, our you know most most playing most games in central midfield? And Crazy. then obviously the controversial point was Wally and Morrison at front. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, I think I was shocked to see um, um, Walker start, and I definitely was as well. But to fair to him, he did all right. I agree, actually. Yeah, I mean, we might as well just talk about it quickly. I thought he was, uh, you know, you, you could have expected him to be disastrously bad on the basis of some of his performances, particularly as the last time he played was was that Rotherham um, Cup game where he was god-awful, to be honest with you. But he didn't really do anything wrong, didn't really do anything amazing. It was just a kind of very, you know, wallpaper-paced performance, really. But that's all he needed to do to look a bit better than he has done previously. So, you know, he at least showed a little bit of something in that game to Shrewsbury Town fans to give us a bit more hope that there's a player in there. And, and that's what we need to start seeing a bit more consistently if he's going to play, which I, I don't think he will, he's not, but not going to, yeah. but yeah, it, you know, he didn't do too much wrong. Really. But it's like, I thought you give, give him some chance and give him some time and who yeah, knows where he, know, might, yeah. where he might turn up. You never know. You, may, you never know where he might go, but God so, knows. God knows. yeah, from, um, from kickoff we kind of started at Burton. I thought was, we actually started this game really well. If we ended the game as we started, I think town fans would be in a lot more positive mindset because um, we started the game really well. So from kickoff, Morrison clicks the ball, flicks the ball onto himself um, he gets the ball across the six-yard um, line, but Wally just gets misses it. Um, so that was that was frustrating. Then we had a really good bit of link-up play not far after that, where Laurent played it to Wally, to Morrison, but that was a poor cross. Um, and quite quickly, we were getting at them, and it was a, for me, it was an encouraging start. Yeah, to me, Morrison did the only two good things he did right at the start of the first half and right at the start of the second half. But um, yeah, it was an encouraging start, and... and I've been wanting us for the last few games, haven't I, to impose our game on, on other teams, have more of the ball, be in control and, and start to then use that control to create more chances. And, and in that first five, ten minutes, you thought, well, maybe this midfield's a little bit more like what we need, you know, and I don't know, it maybe maybe they were a little bit more forward. But as, as that, again, I felt a little bit like once we had that early, early initial kind of flurry, we went back to our old, old ways, I suppose, this season of the midfielders being too deep, too many long balls to Morrison, the wing the wing backs getting a little bit isolated, but and the midfielders not getting up with them again there, and it, we just we just slipped back into some of our old habits really. And we were still you know, occasional break or the occasional chance, I suppose. Um, but it, it, the whole of that first half to me felt like a little bit of a step backwards from how we'd ended the Accrington game. It, it was it was pretty similar to how we played most of the Accrington game, to be honest with you. But when we'd had that buzzing end to the game with them attacking front foot football and a bit more excitement, the way we we way after we sort of had that first ten minutes, we were a bit better. To me, the rest of that first half kind of went like that, really. So, yeah, good start, but then it, we definitely let, let it go a little bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll just cover off some of those who guys yeah. that weren't at the game. So we do, so we do when we cover these podcasts, we don't know that there's a lot of people that don't actually go to the game. So that's why part of the reason why we cover some of the action to give those who don't go a bit of a flavour. Yeah. Um, so yep. there's some really nice link-up play um, from from Worley, uh, who crosses it over to Morrison. But yeah, and then Laurent tries a bicycle kick, so that was unfortunate, but good, good bit of play. And it's good to see midfielder get in the box. Um, so really nice link link up play with um love cuts inside and passes to Giles, but it goes out for a corner and that was quite a going for a corner was quite a was quite a consistent thing in this game, um, which was a bit frustrating. And then we had a couple of other good crosses into the box from Giles, but no one was there. Um, and then Burton had a really had a really really poor effort where Burton got through um after some good pressure, but fortunately Ebanks there was just to kind of put a bit of pressure and stop him having a, a really good effort on goal. But it's fairly it would be a miss of us to say that Burton still didn't have chances in this half as well. No, I mean, we generally always talk about the town chances yeah. in a bit more detail, don't we? But um, if you look at the balance of the game, even in the first half, you know, our, our possession was, I think we were down at like 42% again. Yeah. So they had, you know, much more of the game. They had something like seven or eight shots at half time to our two or three. And we had no shots on target and they had one shot on target. So, you know, for me, they had most of that first half. It was, it was not, it was not great to watch. And as much as we, any football team's going to create chances, Ollie. we could run through every Shrewsbury Town game there's ever been and you'd rarely find a game where we didn't create any chances yep. or half chances. But you're, you're saying there, 
in, in our bullet point, we've got good crosses into the box from Giles, but no one there. Yeah. Well, to me, yeah. I think <laughs> it's worth just actually mentioning, actually, and it's a good point to raise. Yeah, we talk about chances. This week, there were no way as good quality chances as last week against Dale. I think nope. we made a lot nope. more better chances against Dale, and clearly also we made some decent ones against Stanley. But yeah, I think Dale was weird because we created some genuinely good chances. When I watched it back, I was really surprised by how many there are. And obviously, that's the yep. emotion of the game kind of takes over from you. Um, so yeah, so Town definitely kind of got worse as the half went on. But then Lauren had that had a shot in the box. And he really should have scored that goal, and that would have been a, a perfect time to score. Yeah, but like everyone else, he's forgotten how to get a ball <laughs> into the back of the net, unfortunately. And um, yeah, I, you know it, that would have been a chance. But, you know, and and we can we're always going to lament chances when we're nil nil or, or we draw games because there's always going to be one or two chances that stand out as the better ones. That certainly was the best chance of the first half for us. But um, you know, it, as I said, the, the overall balance of play was that Burton probably would have felt a bit half done by to go in one nil down. And um, you know, f- again for me, we, we've talked about it a couple of times during this podcast, but. You know, that front two just wasn't working. And it was interesting. And I give Wally a lot of credit. Again, his energy was unfold, unfold, you couldn't fault it, really. And he wasn't substituted off first, was he? Because he was actually working pretty hard for the team. But the amount of times Morrison got it, and then it either went out to Giles or it went to Wally, and they bombed on quickly forward. And I would watch, I started watching Morrison, and I, I, I hope every, if he plays again, people should watch what he does. Because, yeah, he'll have maybe that little bit of an influence 25, 35 yards out of the box where he's involved in an attack. But by the time that cross comes in, he physically is not getting anywhere near the six yard box to be able to be poaching them and if he can't be if he isn't fit enough I was going to say can't be bothered maybe that's not fair if he isn't fit enough or he hasn't got the legs anymore to be able to get back there like I said on the podcast last week Tyrese Campbell would have haired up there and he would have got there and so will, so will Faye and so will Adoy and and that's what we're missing is having that poacher in the box because if he's only influencing the game 35 yards out from goal every team we play this season is going to be laughing they'll be like fine you can do what you like there mate you know it's not going to hurt us and it, and it isn't hurting teams and um you know, I'm trying. I don't want to write him off because I think he will have a role for this season in this football club, but it can't be in the role that he's playing now. It just can't be because it's not working. Yeah, I would say it's not really his fault as such. Um, but we'll come on. Mm. To, we'll come on to tactics and stuff at the yeah, end. Maybe, so we can have maybe, a good discussion yeah. about where we are. Um, yeah, let's fly through this half. I think it's fair to say that um, the Shrewsbury Town have had a shambolic start of the first half, both the staff and the, the, the players, because the music was still on. Um, oh yeah, second half. <laughs> when, yeah. when Burton attacked. And Burton got through. Um, Pierre missed the ball. And then luckily, a great tackle from... Uh, sorry, yeah, Pierre missed the ball. Great tackle from Ebanks. And then a superb block from Pierre. Um, and Burton really, really should have scored there. But then we went down the yep. other end. And um, then F, um, Edwards had a shot blocked. And yeah, it was a, quite a weird start to the game with the music and yeah. the, the, the kind of glaring mi- mistakes. I think the 15 minutes in the changing room is probably pouring water over their heads and getting cooled down meant that that first five minutes of the second half was probably the most intense the game got for the the second half because it just completely flitted away after that, didn't it? But yeah, it was weirdly open. It was like counter-attack, counter-attack, and then there was another counter-attack. And um, yeah, I think one of the teams should have probably scored one of those chances. But as I say, it didn't didn't happen really. And... um, yeah, the the tail of the rest of the game is is everybody just got sort of weak and tired. But we'll, we'll go on as, as it goes yeah. through. Really, and um, would you have? Yeah. Here's a question for you, then, Glenn. Just a quick answer, like yes or no. Would you have brought Okunabiri on at half time? I would have start, I would have started with Okunabiri. Well, so I wasn't yeah, asking I that. <laughs> yes, yeah, you know, yes, then on yeah. yes, yeah, yeah so for me as well. I'm really surprised why he didn't bring Okunabiri in at half time. Um, yeah, Morrison clearly wasn't influencing the game, and it was a game that was going to create spaces and bring on a, a more a younger, athletic lad. For me, makes makes perfect sense. Yeah, interesting point, Ollie. I mean, one of the questions I would have for you then is, and I briefly mentioned this during a bit of the the podcast earlier on, is obviously for me personally, having been to both games this week, seeing how we played with with Faye and Adoy, and and how we played with the other two strikers. You know, do you think Ricketts will? want to change to that sooner rather than later or do you think he probably is going to continue with the Morrison-Wally experiment? I don't. Th- I think the uh, Morrison-Wally is a stopgap, um, I hope. Um, I think that Morrison, uh, you know, I'm not sure he really th- expects to play every game. Adoy is clearly not match fit yet. That's, you know, he had the muscle injury um, during pre-season. Um, I think for me, I think we're crying out for that, that number nine shirt to be filled. And I think that will then yep. answer quite a lot of our questions and and fill yep. a lot of the concerns for town fans. Um, but if not, then yes, definitely, I'd love to see Adoy and Okunabiri start a bit like game last season. Remember, was it Doncaster at home when we played Faye and Campbell and they absolutely tear the opposition apart? Um, that's yeah, what exactly. I want yeah. to see. And yeah, especially as we're playing quite counter attacking football. Yeah, you want two fast strikers. Um, so yeah, so that's yeah, definitely, definitely. I think we're aligned there. 
But so yeah, I mean, for me, only the rest of this game was the, the the weather got hotter and the players got more tired and the intensity came out of the game a little bit. But we, we probably played a little bit better as we brought on our substitutions and the fresh legs, didn't we? Yeah, definitely. I think Thompson was um, was really good. It was interesting in the pre match. Um, and Sam Ricketts isn't only wanted big players up, but he said, you know, a fit Thompson is probably one of the best players in the league. He's good. And when he came yeah. on, he definitely had an impact. So he broke broke from from the halfway line and runs to the edge of the box. He had two options: shoot or pass. He decided to pass to Love, but it was just in front of him. Um, and I, I think he should have had a go himself. But that's a player that hasn't yeah. had preseason and is a little bit rusty. Um, but yeah, he's definitely quite quite a dynamic midfielder. Even even though he hasn't had a preseason and is probably quite rusty, do you know the only stand innovation that occurred during the whole of the game was where um, a ball broke and they they counterattacked us really quickly down oh, the left hand side in front of the West Stand, and Thompson was about seven or eight yards behind this attacker and he put the afterburners on and he flew. He's real quick, yeah. isn't he? To be fair, and that's what we've been missing in midfield is pace along with some pace up front, really. And, and we're so much better with that pace. And anyway, burned it, got level with the guy, shouldered him off the ball, won the ball, and attacked. And the whole of the West End around us were up and applauding. It was literally felt like the most exciting part of the game, to be yes. honest with you. And it was a man tracking back and winning the ball. But it was the desire that we maybe hadn't seen at points as players were getting tired as the game went on. You know, you weren't quite seeing that, maybe that desire that we'd seen at other points. But it was amazing. And I, I think Thompson is going to be, as I say, for me, feel, feels like one of the missing pieces in midfield. Him and Laurent, their energy, you know, they're going to be the two that are going to maybe make that midfield a little bit more dynamic going forward. Yeah, definitely. He was a bit doing that kind of covering that we got from Godfrey in that fantastic season. Yes. Really, really yes. good recovery run. And yeah, every stride he seemed to make uh, make break yards on the Burton players. And yeah, it'd be great to see what he's like when he's fully fit. Um, so yeah, I think probably worth just kind of maybe finishing the game off there there was a few other points yeah. a few other things to mention you know it was a, i think it was worth just mentioning there was a few good bits of link up play with adoy and Faye. there was one opportunity where Faye probably should have passed with adoy and he probably would have had a, a really good opportunity to score or at least have a good shot um but yeah. again you know if you don't you know you, let's not be too, not gonna be too harsh and for me it was good that they linked up and that's the positive i'll take out of that piece of play but overall i think i think it was a very hot day against a very good side um and yeah, I think we'll come to tactics. Very come good. To tactics. Sorry, I think Burton are a really very... good side. Yeah, I think I think I think Burton are a good side. Um, very good. Yeah, mm. maybe not very good. Depends on what your definition of very good is. But yeah, I think they're a good side. Um, top. Okay. Yeah, top third at least. Um, and yeah, and we'll come to tactics in a minute because I think we need to have a big discussion about that. But yeah, what was your kind of overriding thoughts of the game? Mm. I thought it was a pretty rubbish game. Yeah. I thought it was dull. I mean, you don't you don't see many games with only three shots on target and um, the intensity levels being pretty low during a lot of it because of the heat. And um, I did have a chuckle at the end when I looked at the final tweet that Shoes Chan's Twitter account put out and said, an entertaining nil-nil draw. I was like, no, thanks. I'm not having that at all. It wasn't entertaining. It was it was a nil-nil draw. That's factually correct, but it wasn't entertading. Yeah. And, um, I understand it's the it was club a bit of at home, but... And I oh, understand, I know. I, that, I, I, you know, they've got to, you know, put, you know, I'm not, I don't expect them to say, you know, I don't know, such and such a Shrewsbury player was awful and he should have been sent off. You know, he's not going to say that, but at least they can be factual and at least be a little bit honest because it wasn't an entertaining game at all. Yeah, you, you're better off just saying, you know... Just the uh, score! No, Shrewsbury Shoe, Shoe, <laughs> Town uh, battled hard in hot, hot, hot conditions um, yeah. at, to, a, to a credible nil-nil draw against a, yeah. against a hard-working Burton team. You don't put entertaining. That was yeah, a, that's a lie. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. But... um. I would say you want to talk about tax in a minute. That's fine, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I still feel like I feel. I don't yeah, know. I I've got two questions. A question for you, Glenn, before we get to tactics, and for me, it's an interesting yes. one. So, you earlier on in one of, in one of the discussions we had, you mentioned about Ricketts last season, and you talked about his tactics last season, how he played last season. In my mind, I have put a clean line between last year and this year. Do you think that's fair, or do you th- or you've still because I think you've got different players pre-season, um, and I think you need to judge Ricketts differently to how you did last year because last year was a you know a repair job with you know very different circumstances. Now we've got a different team and a different kind. I think we are trying to play a different way. Are you still you know sort of because you did refer next to last season? Is that just like a one-off, or do you really still think that you're comparing all two and linking them all together? So Ollie, you're right about drawing a line under it last season. I think that's fair. I think maybe for me, and this goes through to a bit of the smattering of booze at the end of the game, is that I think at home we've very we've still struggled to score goals at home, and we were doing that last season. You know, Ricketts been in charge for 19 games at home now. We've only scored 16 goals, which is pretty rubbish. And we've had a string of pretty dull games at home. Um, you know, in terms of the overall vibe of games. So maybe that's where that comes from, Ollie. But I think that 
there is still that thing at the back of some fans' minds about last season, and maybe that's fair, Ollie. I don't know what you think. Yeah, well, I guess here's, to kind of turn it away, I'll ask you a, a quick question. So, would you say the midfield that we played on Saturday was a particularly is a particularly good midfield given the players that we have? No, you know, and Lawrence no. coming back. So, I while it's really frustrating for the fans to see a team not performing a uh, really high standard. I think the midfield we played on Saturday, you know, you've got Edwards, who hasn't played a lot of game in the last few years. Um, he's played a lot of games. You've got Laurent coming back from injury. He's been rushed back to play. And Walker, who potentially isn't a League One player. I got the sense watching the game that we were playing very defensive. So, grieve you there. And when we counter, when we tried to attack, sometimes we only had two players in their, in the opposition box. And rarely a midfielder was able to kind of get into the play because we attacked so quickly. And that links back to your player by I think Morrison isn't able to play in this team because when we counter-attack, it's just it's almost too fast and we haven't got many players Definitely. getting forward. But I think that's because yep. our midfield is so poor at the moment. What do you think of mm. that? I think it's totally fair, Ollie. And, and I think it opens up the second question, which I heard a lot of people talking about at various times over this week as well, is that you know in a situation where you've, you've got some midfielders that are struggling with injuries or just coming back, and you know if he'd left himself the option of, potentially having to go with a couple of wingers or something a slightly different tactic we could have maybe just had two midfielders on Saturday Edwards and, and potentially Laurent who's come back and that would have been a solid centre too he's left himself so many not enough options really hasn't he in some respects to change it when you've got players out injured got so and that is one of the central fielders out even if you yeah, played 4-3-3 yeah. three, three, you'd be really struggling with this midfield um, but what's he going to do when they're all fit Ollie? well I think when we're all fit you know? that's the bit that I'm getting excited about because you've got Norburn mm. you've got Laurent you've got Thompson you've got Goss Edwards, you know, some really, really good players for this stand, this level, and that's something for me to get excited about. Um, but yeah, interesting. Obviously, talking of the negativity it was a, a good tweet from Lauren Edwards, and Lauren said the negativity for some of our fans is ridiculous. We've lost one in five league games, much better than last season. We're still suffering from injuries, and to know our strongest eleven is give the lads a chance and get behind them, which I thought was quite an interesting tweet. I think it's fair. I mean, I, personally, I've been to every game recently. You know, I think I missed the first game of the season. I'm going to Ipswich on Saturday. I'm right behind this team. I want them to do well. And I don't. So maybe you know, she's referring to the booze and also there's a lot of negativity on Tuesday night before we before we won the game. There was a, a huge outpouring of negativity about this team. I don't know. I mean, I see the stuff online and, and people might think that's negativity online. That's slightly different. I mean, some of the negativity at the game, I do think is fair because people will only judge a game by what they're watching at the time. When people were a bit negative when we went 2-0 down to Accrington, fair enough, we were pretty rubbish and we went 2-0 down and things looked pretty bleak, you know. You still retain hope as a football fan, but you get those chanters and you get that sort of negativity. Again, booing at the end of the game on Saturday I didn't really get because the players but worked their asses off. I think Lauren really was also referring to, and I saw some of her other speech, she was reviewing, referring to some of the negativity during the game as well. I don't think that really helps the players, but uh, the interesting, it is an interesting one, Glyn. So, so far... We've got 1.6 points per game. We often do points yep. per game, don't we? And we review how managers are getting on and stuff. 1.6 game, 1. Yep. 1.6 points per game is actually a really good kind of actually not a bad kind of punt. So if you got 1.6 points per game last season, where do you think you'd finish? I don't know, top top ten, top top eight, something Sixth. like that. So yeah, you'd be so you'd be so, in yeah. the playoffs. So yep. it's it's really fascinating, isn't it? We are frustrated because the some of the football has been quite poor. And the kind of yeah, after the first twenty minutes on Saturday, the football was really, really poor. But but we are in a really good league position, and we've got a oh, real. Have. You know, if I'd said to you, um, you know, at this point last season, we'd be you'd be quite happy. I think with being eighth, especially hearing how so many injuries Definitely. we had. And the funny thing I think is quite funny as well is that most town fans expect us to finish mid table. If you finish mid table, you're going to have inconsistent games. You're not going to win every game. Yep. So it's yep. it's it's a bit of a mix of emotions, isn't there? There's a lot of things going on for the team at the moment. Yeah. That's why you all say ten games to really get a grip with things. But it's we, we were like this with the podcast last week. We couldn't really sorry last season we couldn't really figure out Askey's team and what was happening because they were playing probably maybe decent. Yeah, probably in some ways season, more attra- getting, attractive. They weren't getting the results, yeah, but they would be more attractive. But they were getting the results. Yeah. So now we've got a team that's slightly less attractive to get the results. And it's just like feast and famine, which you're saying, yeah. isn't it? That's the problem. And and we're, as a podcast, we do look into things in a fair bit of detail, Ollie, and, and maybe that comes across that we're trying to find faults where maybe they're wrong. There definitely are yeah, faults in this, this team, team, but maybe we, we focus on them too much. But maybe we haven't been enough positive because 
we've been saying for weeks now, if, if anyone listens, that we absolutely love this defence. You know, we love the, the wing backs. We we think they're really good players. We think the centre backs and the goalkeeper are fantastic. You know, there's plenty to be excited about, but it's two halves to the team. I'm really excited about us not letting many goals in the season, but I'm worried about how we get the goals. But Ollie, you you flagged it up really well when you said about it's an evolving team. You know, and there's still some. And this is not the best. Well, add add Norburn to yeah. this field. Add a fit yeah, yeah. Thompson and a fit Goss. Man, or bringing Lauren on or playing Edwards in a different way. I totally agree with you. Striker's not really working yet. But for me, it feels like this team has got potential and we've had a decent start to the season. So, but yeah. it's not all bad. And, and you, 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 as I was just about to say, you were totally right though because even if we get a mid-table team, which I'll be happy with this season, you will have inconsistent games. We could get shelled a couple, three or four nil. By <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking the same. And that, that wouldn't really for them matter to... Yeah, you wouldn't, but that wouldn't... You know, we'll probably be annoyed and we'll probably be a bit miffed next week when we talk about the podcast, but deep down, it's likely that's going to happen. Anything, anything better than a loss next week is really credible. So, you know, let's go there and, and not have any fear. And um, even then, after everything we've just said, Ollie, have you really seen anyone in League One this season that has been that good or that we should be worried about beating? Because Well, I it's hard to tell because you've got Portsmouth in the bottom half. Yeah. You've, the only team that are really flying is like Blackpool doing well, um, Ipswich are doing well, but they've played Bolton, which is just a joke. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's really hard to tell. And, yeah, it's too early to form, and obviously the table doesn't really mean much yet. 10 games, 10, 15 games until you look at that properly. But, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's just nice that, you know, you know, let's take the positives. So we had that high on Tuesday night, absolutely fantastic. Um, and, yeah, we're in a decent league position. And, you know, we're not like Stanley or South, poor South End. South End were winning, um, and then I think three, they were winning, and then they lost again. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think it's, yeah. Yeah, well, you're right to flag out the positivity. I mean, talking of positivity, I'll run through my top three. I thought Love was really, really good. Uh, I gave him a third in, in the Accrington game, but I thought he was even better on Saturday, maybe better than Giles, which is good because Giles has been a standout player, hasn't he? And he's still good, but um, Love was Love was fantastic, really solid, good tackles, got forward a couple of times, some really nice midfield work with, with the sort of link-up play. I think he's a, he's a great little player. So, yeah, Love for me. I thought Pierre really stood out across the whole game. Um, his drive, he was one of the ones to come out of, uh, out of the defence and... Um, He's just a, he's an all round good egg. He also, I say, you mentioned his interview in the week where he talks about our fans, and I just thought cemented his position as my favourite player of the season. So that's fine. And then I, I gave Laurent third. I mean, that's harsh on Edwards maybe, but Laurent was coming back from injury, and I thought considering he was he was coming back and, and he hadn't had too many games, he did really well. So yeah, those are my three. Ollie. Yeah, similar to yourself, Glenn. I went for Love first. Um, he's turned into a cracking player. Pierre was solid Great. again, and I went for Edwards third. You know, he was running yeah, the whole fair. game. Um, you know, I'm really like gobsmacked that he's able to perform uh, the levels and the distance he's been covering um, in these games. And yeah, crazy weather, hot on Saturday. Um, and he was still going at the end, so fair play to him. Um, so what did Ricketts say? So, you know, the players gave everything for the clean sheet. We couldn't convert our chances and half chances. We had some good charity without creating a lot of chances. So he was critical, to be fair to Ricketts, of our ch- chance creation in this game. He says, we're getting there slowly, but an awful lot of things to improve on. Three clean sheets out of five. Um, and he was yeah pleased with with his hold up and link up play when Faye came on, um, and we weren't on it on the ball. So pretty fair, I thought, from Ricketts. To be honest, um, he's not the, he's not the manager that tries to bullshit you. So yeah, that was fair enough. I think that's fair. I think that's the best place to leave this week. Really, I say you cannot argue with four points and 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 where we've ended up this week. And um, yeah, plenty to look forward to. Hopefully, with with us kind of clicking clicking in midfield and up front and, and kicking on to do something very special I said that last week as well Ollie, and I still feel that and we've got four points this week so it all helps doesn't it towards where we could end up this year so yeah I think I think we'll just move on to salad news and predictions straight away Ollie, rather than have a break because um, there's been a lot to talk about this week but yeah I mean no new transfers this week Ollie. I know that the press asked him about a few things um, but I think Rickett said he was no closer to bringing in that striker or, or anyone else really um, so not ideal um, and I think he did mention Grant still to leave so yeah so it was at, so the end of the press conference for the pre um, Burton game he meant he mentioned that there's no, no news to report on do you, know, do you know what I think Ollie is that the way Goss played in that first game it completely takes away the Grant problem doesn't it you know yeah. it, it's complete you know I was one of the ones that was saying you know he's an ideal world he'd come in and play but now we've got Goss uh, I think I've seen enough in the opening game to think that we don't need Grant back now, so it kind of deals with that. And that's good. To yeah, hear. yeah, I think that's we finally <laughs> got there, Ollie. But um, that's it. In terms of injuries, we mentioned them going through, but it sounds like Williams is going to be back in training next week, which is great because we'll need him back yeah. from Pierre's away. And Goss's injury initially he said it doesn't look too good, and then he said he might be back for next week, so that's okay. Um, and then yeah, Thompson and Adoy are not fit enough to start yet, but it doesn't feel like they're too far off, Ollie. So yeah, we, within a week or two, maybe we should have a majority of them back, other than Norburn and um, Sears. So. That would be helpful, wouldn't it? Um, 
The only thing I wanted to mention is Salop News, Ollie. Is I've mentioned it a little bit on uh, on on uh, the podcast last week, but uh, you know, I I come onto this podcast every week, you Ollie, every week, don't I? And, and complain about managers, <laughs> say should have done this, should have done that. So I thought I'll dip my toe into it this season. So um, as as a lot of people know, the the Shrewsbury Town fans team, which is the Shrewsbury Town away supporters, restarted this. Um, uh, summer um, and you used to play for them as well didn't you Ollie which was which was good times back then and yeah we've had two games already so first game we played Rochdale lost 5-0 last weekend obviously before the Rochdale game and then just an interesting story this week which again some will have seen some will have not seen is obviously Burton have got a France team but they couldn't come down and play us so um, Berry's fans were looking for a game because obviously they can't watch their team in the afternoon so I sort of had a word with them invited them down they said they wanted to come and yeah, they came down and, and played a credible nil-nil draw. But I contacted the football club through for through um, Roger, the SLO, and Brian as well to say, look, these lads are coming down. They can't watch any football. If we got anything we could do for them, can we give them some tickets? Maybe. And the club couldn't have been more helpful, which is fantastic, really. I think that they they wanted to help us as as football fans. You know, the Shrewsbury Town away supporters help some fellow fans who are going through a bit of a tough time and let them watch a bit of football. Really, so it was really good of the club. I thought to do that. I think it's it's great for the away supporters to come back and actually be involved in something good like that. And for my personal managerial record. Called nice to get a first point on the board, Ollie. So things are looking up, mate, this weekend. I might have to put the call out for you, though, if things go wrong, Ollie. I don't know if you can still play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see about that one. Um, in terms of just around the around the league, um, Lincoln lost Doncaster. So interesting to see Don, I think Doncaster might do quite well this season. Peterborough storming, so they beat um, MK Dons 4-0 away. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast about South End, Wickham beat them four three, so that was an entertaining game. Bristol Rovers beat Oxford three one, which was a surprise, so because Oxford had a good start to the season. Um, ben um, uh, Ben Woodburn scored for Oxford, mm. um, and then a few other results. So Ipswich beat Bolton five nil, which we'll come to in a second. Um, yeah, Sunderland beat um, ASC Wimbledon three one, so Sunderland are doing quite well. And Coventry got a one and one nil win at home to Gillingham. And I've actually heard from a, a Blues fan that Coventry fans are putting stickers all over the ground saying this is our ground, oh, no. which is really winding up the Blues fans. But um, but yeah, um, thoughts on the Ipswich five nil result? I wish we were playing Bolton next week. Well, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Now because it seems like Bolton and Bury are in the same boat, aren't they? Both with impending takeovers. And... But one of them's playing yeah. and losing five nil. It doesn't week. seem fair at all, does it? To be fair, and so no. I don't understand why after that Doncaster game got called off in the midweek for Bolton because their lads are too young and they can't play. That from there, I think the FL should have drawn a line with Bolton and said, "Look, now but this is the thing: is that the admin, the admin the administrators have been saying that they are, you know, they're really they're really close to sale. But how long do they keep saying exactly. that until it doesn't become true anymore? Well, it's not clearly not true because they said it was going to be done on the first game after the first. At game. least they've given Barry and Bolton the same thing, now, haven't they? They've said you completely yeah. take overs by Tuesday or you're out, and and I'm glad about that. And hopefully. You know, something gets done and both clubs don't go out the league. But if they don't make those deadlines or something goes wrong, then fine. I'm, I'm as much as I really getting too far now. Five games yeah. is a lot of games. I really feel for the lads we met on Saturday, the Bolton, the Berry fans. They're a right nice bunch of lads, and they just love their team as much as we love their team. And I would, you know, I'm glad we were able to help them. But deep down, if their football club it cannot sort itself out, it should not now start to get to the point where it's making it feel like it's unfair on teams who aren't getting a crack at Bolton or teams well, whose yeah, fixtures it's... are not getting in the right order at the end of the season are going to have to be playing double games, which Ricketts will hate. You know, if our Berry games get cancelled and we have to fit them in midweek at the end of the season, he'll hate that. It, it doesn't feel fair. So, but it's not fair, no. is it? If like, I don't know, say for example, Southend haven't started that well. Um, you know, and but Tranmere beat um, Bolton five 0 Imagine that the last game of the season, Southend go down on goal difference. Yeah, exactly. I can... And then when and when we we could play Bolton or team could play Bolton after January, they could sign fifteen players and try and some championship players and have an amazing team and then win load of games. And it, oh, just just what it's, I feel sorry for the fans. And the funny thing is, is that yeah, it's quite funny thing is, is that Berry, who were probably in the worst position, could actually be in a much better position in a few weeks' time in terms of the viability of the long-term future for their club? Possibly long-term. I, I would be disappointed if both of them didn't get relegated this season. And I think it's incumbent on the AFL to expedite the, the disciplinary panels that are looking at the amount of games that have been cancelled and apply some more point deductions. Yeah, because I think there's going to be some more Regardless of whether they get taken over or not, they should be playing in League 2 next season as a minimum punishment. If they get kicked out, they get kicked out. So, so to me, they've got to leave it to a point where, yes, you've managed to save your clubs, these football clubs still exist, but I'm sorry, you you messed up League One this year through these various financial and 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 the yeah. EFL by not controlling this earlier. And, it, and I feel sorry for the current chair 
because I think she feels like I think like she's doing a good job. Goes back to our friend Harvey. Um, he seems to mess this up, but yeah, sad state. But um, yeah, looking a- looking ahead. Um, so we've got it switch on Saturday, which I'm really looking forward to. So it should be a good train drive. Yep. Train drive. Uh, train drive. Train ride down. <laughs> Um, we haven't played there for a while, Glenn. So it's eighty-eight, eighty-nine yep. was the last time we played against it, switching the league. So it'd be a nice trip, and it's my first time to Portman Road, Me too. same as you. Me too. Yeah. Yep. So prediction league. Um, so not a great for you, Glenn. I went for a draw, yep. so I got a point there. Um, you went for a two-nil win to Shrewsbury. <laughs> that happen, unfortunately, I was really positive last week, Ollie. I don't know where that came from. So what's your prediction for the um, the, the, the switch game? Yeah, we're gonna lose three-nil. You think we're going to go lose three now? <laughs> we're not even going to. We're not going to trouble them scoring, are we? And um, I think having scored five the week before, that's not really helped us. It's put them in pretty good spirits, and um, I suspect they're they're going to be too good for us. I don't expect it will be like when we went to Sunderland last season and got a nil nil draw. Maybe maybe it'll happen. I, I, I don't Defensively, know. Yeah. we are really solid, and that's. A, I'm going to go for a, a, than, a credible. Sorry. I think they're better than Sunderland last season. That's what I was saying. Yeah, I'm not sure because it's, it's really hard to tell because obviously played but bowl doesn't really mean much. But they had a decent start of the season. Lambert was yeah crying about their quality, their team. But yeah, I think we need to see. Be interesting to see how they get on. I'm going to go for a respectable um, performance, but lose two one. Um, <gasps> We're going to score. Lose two one to Ipswich. Yeah, I think we'll score. Who's going to score? Own goal, I guess. <laughs> no, I think we'll score from maybe a set piece. Ebanks, um, back time he scores because yes. he's had a few chances. One of our defenders needs to score more goals than Luke Waterfall, and he's already yeah. got one for Grimsby. So it's time to step up, lads. That's what I'm going to say on that exactly. one. Exactly. Um, okay, that's fair enough. Well, 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 we're both we've both got us to lose, but I think it's going to be a good trip there anyway. One of those ones that I think a lot of fans are looking forward to. So. I'm going to be on the um, yeah. I'm going to be going on the uh, drinking session all weekend. So quite what state I'm in when I get home on Sunday, Ollie. Uh, we'll find out when we record. Same as same as me, you mate. So maybe you need to get someone who's a bit more sober to come and join us. On oh the pod. dear. Oh well. We'll see how we get on. But yes, enjoy the rest of your bank holiday weekend, everybody. Um, you know, and enjoy seeing Shrewsbury at the top of the table for for a while. And um, we'll be back to talk about Ipswich next week, Ollie. Oh!